I sat in a classroom surrounded by other adults who, like me, had never completed high school. We were about to take one of the four general education development tests. That's the GED. And I can still feel the cold, hard wood under my hands as I nervously stroked it, wondering if I had learned enough to pass the test. See, I didn't really have a vision for what my future would look like. For many years, I believed I was stupid and not able to do hard things. Then, right there in my test, I found an excerpt from someone called Frederick Douglass. It was his autobiography. Frederick Douglass was a former slave who risked his life just to learn how to read. Gaining knowledge fueled Frederick Douglass with a new understanding about the social injustices done to him and the people that he loved. After much strife, Frederick Douglass ended up becoming a leader for the abolitionist movement. I sat there at my desk, gripped. Everything froze and I lost all notion of time and space. If Frederick Douglass could do all of that in the midst of life-threatening adversity, then surely I could use all the learning resources provided by this great country to make something of myself. Hey, I'm Michelle Hayes, special education teacher and parent of a child with multiple special needs. I'm here to share stories, strategies, inspiration, and hope to parents and caregivers of individuals with disabilities. Because when life requires us not to be normal, it becomes our opportunity to turn into something extraordinary. Welcome to the journey. Let me take you back four years earlier, before that GED exam. I studied up until the eighth grade, but I had dropped out of school when our family hit a severe financial situation. We were living in Mexico during one of the hardest financial crises the country had ever seen. In fact, we were hit so hard that sometimes we could only afford to eat one meal per day. So I got a job, waiting tables, babysitting, whatever I could do to bring money. And this is what I did for the next four years until we decided that it was time to move back to the United States. There, I learned that there was a program that helped dropout students like myself get a high school diploma equivalent. I signed up, joined the study classes, and found myself taking a reading comprehension exam, which is where I read the excerpt from Frederick Douglass. As I sat there taking my comprehension exam, I wondered if I had what it took to pass the test. A few days later, I was surprised to see that not only had I passed my GED exams, but that I had gotten some pretty decent scores. So I decided, why not? Let's give college a try. And was surprised when the College of Communications accepted me at my local state university. I enrolled as a freshman at the age of 18, just like most of the freshmen in that college. It was like I had never lost any time. During my four years there at college, 
I became a senator for the Student Government Association, representing 500 students in the communications department. I was also hired as a public relations manager for the University Theater, where I took on many amazing projects, including revamping their press release system from analog to digital. I became a newspaper writer, a graphic designer, and a media release coordinator for the department, working with television and radio to publicize the university theater plays. During that time, I was also given the opportunity to teach a practicum class and was assigned 30 students to put to work under me, doing public relations for the theater. I also worked with a graphic design teacher, creating illustrations and publicity projects for the Arts and Humanities department. By the time I completed college, I had years of professional experience, influential connections, and a hefty and impressive portfolio. And I was a high school dropout who thought she would never amount to anything. Now I'm sharing my story with the intention to inspire you to believe that no matter where you find yourself today, you can find the strength within yourself to steer your ship and make your course in the right direction. Your child has been diagnosed and you are the parent or caregiver of that child. Your child has been diagnosed and you are the parent or the caregiver. Whether you want it or not, you have now been officially appointed the captain and you must navigate and lead your family across some unknown and sometimes treacherous waters. Right now is not the time to close your eyes, to turn around and to shy away from the situation that you are facing. Not knowing how to handle your situation is not going to dismiss your responsibility. It is up to you. It's your time to rise up and become more. And guess what? You can. You've got to see yourself like a rubber band and believe that you can always be stretched more. When things get too uncomfortable or painful, stop for a little bit, get used to it, and keep stretching. I don't know if you've ever seen a hurricane, but I used to live near a coast and I was a witness to a hurricane that hit our area. And I was really impressed with what I saw. And from my window, it really impressed me to see all these palm trees bending and bowing and going in whichever direction. And I was sure any moment these tall palm trees are gonna snap. But the morning afterwards, when we went out to see the debris and the damage that was left behind by the hurricane, I was shocked to see that the trees that were pulled out from the root and the trees that were broken were not palm trees. They were the oaks, the big, strong, inflexible trees were the ones that snapped under the pressure of the storm. However, those skinny, tall, flexible trees, the palm trees, were all there. They all stood. It's amazing that these tropical trees were designed to withstand storms and I believe it's because of their flexibility to face the strong winds that are adverse to them. In the same way, you and I can decide to be flexible when we need to be. We can be strong like oaks when it's necessary and we can be flexible and bend when it's necessary too. And that's where you can decide to learn. You can learn. But every accomplishment starts with the decision 
to try. For example, back when we first started our journey, I remember sitting at the neurologist's office listening to his report about my daughter's condition. And as he read some very technical stuff to me from her EEG results, which is where we were going to look and see what was really going on with her epilepsy. I remember that I sat there overwhelmed with all the new lingo information, the new diagnoses, and I just took notes. That doctor had 300 patients and it took six months to finally get an appointment with him. We sat in the lobby waiting for three hours just to be able to get a chance to talk to him. And I knew that he had so many other patients to see. I wanted to ask him questions, but I didn't even know what my questions were at that time. So as I listened to him talk, I took notes down. I wrote down key words that I wanted to look up later, stuff that I did not understand. I wrote everything down that I wanted to go back and review once I was home. Actually, after that, I did not go home. I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought myself a cup of coffee and I went to the medical book section and pulled out a medical dictionary. And there at Barnes and Noble with my cup of coffee, I grabbed my notes and I looked up all those words that I did not understand. And then I looked up the definition in the medical dictionary. Once I took notes on that, I went home and I researched a little bit more so that I could understand my daughter's diagnoses. I wasn't just going to sit back and say, oh, the doctor knows what he's talking about. I'll just follow orders. No, I wanted to partner up with him and be as knowledgeable as I could about my daughter's situation. I remember that I stumbled upon a term called neuroplasticity and I was very interested. Neuroplasticity is basically the ability for the brain to form and reorganize connections, especially in response to learning or by experiences after an injury. So say that you have a stroke, for example, and the area of your brain that controls language is damaged. It used to be thought that once your brain was damaged, you could no longer regain the skill that was lost because that part of the brain got damaged and it shut down. But the idea of neuroplasticity suggested that even though the areas responsible for certain skills are damaged, the brain is amazing and in its a gorgeous, beautiful design, is able to regain a skill by rewiring the process in a different area of the brain. And it can get quite technical, but I wanted to know all about it. I remember sitting there at Barnes and Noble thinking, I want to be an expert on neuroplasticity. Now, neuroplasticity is still a mystery, but I will continue to push forward and learn because I've decided that the brain can heal itself. And I've decided that we are created amazingly. And so I've decided to be an eternal student of neuroplasticity. As a result, now I am an amateur neurologist. I listen to neurology podcasts. I understand how neurons work. I have a whole bunch of books. But it took a lot of me feeling pretty stupid, asking questions and looking up things and ending up not understanding and finding a lot of closed doors and just a lot of failures. 
But in those failures, I discovered that I gained more of a sense of direction. You see, having a door closed in your face only narrows your path. Now you know, well, I don't need to head that direction because it's not that way. So it is okay to totally screw up. It is not a waste of time because finding out that you don't know actually gives you a much more focused path in which way to head. Don't ever be afraid to try something and fail. It's all part of the learning process. So please decide, yes, you can learn. Another thing I want to recommend that you do is that you decide to connect. Join groups of people that are facing similar situations. We are fortunate enough to be very connected globally through the internet. We live in an amazing era and there are countless groups of people that are targeted specifically to your needs. Look around. Do your searches. Oh my goodness, Facebook is full of groups. I myself am part of lots of specific groups. I'm part of a metabolic group. I'm part of an autism group, a local city autism group. I'm part of ADHD group, as well as I'm a part of other teaching groups that I participate with. Just get connected. You'd be amazed at how much support and advice and information you can gain just from your community. I also want you to connect yourself with your child's medical team. Get to know the staff. Understand who is the person that calls the insurance? Who is the person that schedules everything? What is the nurse that works directly under your child's doctor? What is your doctor's uh, specialty? Who is your team? Get to know all of them. Write down their names, try to remember them, and be friendly and, and familiarize yourself with them because guess what? You guys are stuck together. <laughs> you might as well get along and use your charisma and make them love you because, hey, you're lovable. I also advise you to read through your medical benefits papers. Whatever medical insurance it is that you're using, familiarize yourself with the way the system works. Try to understand what departments you need to call for what. They've intentionally made it difficult. They have intentionally made it convoluted, but that doesn't mean that you cannot figure it out. You can do hard things. You can. So familiarize yourself with all of that medical benefits plan that you are using. And at first you're going to feel like you're drowning in information. That is okay. Figure out one thing at a time. Get familiar, make your phone calls, find out if you get social workers, find out if you get assigned a specific nurse, find out what your services are and use them. There's so much out there that you haven't tapped into because you haven't taken the time to investigate. And that's okay. You're busy figuring out a million things. But here is where you're going to find a lot of results. So get to know your medical benefits. Also, as a special education teacher, I strongly advise you to get to know your child's educational team. When you sit at an IEP meeting and everybody's introducing themselves, write down their names, 
write down what they do. I know it goes by in a blur, so stop them. Say, I'm sorry, you are who and what do you do? And write their names down. And how do you work with my child? Okay, and write that name down. And what are you doing here? Write that name down. Get to know everybody and put that down on paper, okay? It is important because you are part of their team and you are a crucial part of their team because you are the parent of their student. There is no one more important on that committee than you. So get to know them and learn about what the whole process is like. When you start an IEP meeting, they're gonna hand you some paperwork. They're gonna tell you, here's the procedural safeguards and every year they give you one and maybe you're keeping them in a stash. Read through that. That talks about your rights and what you can do and how important you really are. It makes me sad as a special education teacher to see how many parents show up to the meeting feeling like they are not important or like they are just being told what to do or like they don't understand anything of what everyone is talking about. So they just sit back and let the rest of the committee make the choices. No. Even if you have to stop the team moment by moment to say, wait, I don't understand that. Or even if you have to call or email again and again after you've had time to process, get involved, get informed, be active. Nothing can move forward if you don't agree. And you need to understand your power and your influence on that team. You're not a bystander. You are an active, important member of that committee. So get to know your child's educational team. Make it work for you. This is a system that was created to help you. Make sure that you can make it work for you. Now, as a special education teacher, and like anyone who's worked in their field for a long time, we can get kind of used to our terminologies, our abbreviations, our procedures, and we talk about it as if it's a routine situation because to us, it's become a routine situation. Don't let that intimidate you or stop you. You go ahead and you make those people wait and say, hold on, I wanna write this down, or hold on, I have a question. Understand everything so that you can make the system work for you and so that you can use all of the benefits that are provided for you. These are wonderful free services that you are entitled to. Make sure you understand how to make the most of it. As talking about connecting, I also wanna encourage you to find someone that you can mentor Maybe someone online uh, as you join a Facebook group or on Instagram or wherever you do your connections. I don't know about you, but my daughter's situation is pretty rare. So it's hard to find someone in the flesh that I can actually communicate with. But there are other conditions that are more widely known like autism, for example, or ADHD. Maybe you can meet someone in person. But if you have a situation that is more rare, there's always a group out there for you. But don't just think about things that you can take. Also be a giver. Did you know there's someone out there looking for your level of expertise? Be that mentor to someone else. Be that helper to someone else. Be that listening ear, that person who is there for when they are grieving or needing a friend. So we've talked about deciding that you can learn. We've talked about deciding to connect. Now I wanted to talk to you about one final thing. Decide to be resilient. Every accomplishment starts with the decision to first try. You've got to make a choice. It is a decision. You've got to say, I am going to try. And if you fail, say, okay, I'm gonna try again. And I'm gonna try again. 
and I'm gonna try again. This can be kind of like a harsh process for the heart. It can get pretty beat up in, in the whole journey of getting up and getting knocked down and getting up and getting knocked down. But you can find healing and strength for your heart. Hearts are not broken and remain useless forever. We are not like that. We can be pieced back together again and again and again. As long as we are alive, we can pick ourselves up, reshape ourselves, and keep moving forward. So find healing and strength for your heart. Now, I personally, I have found a lot of healing through humor. That's just my thing. That's just how I was wired. That's in my genes. Humor really lifts me up. It, getting laughing, finding joy in stuff and absurd, uh, silly things that make me laugh just heal me. So for me, humor heals my heart. It's funny because I remember grieving and wondering, will I ever laugh again? That was my first um, self-analytical question that I asked myself, will I ever laugh again? And I, I did. It took a while, but I did. And every time I laughed, it healed me a little bit more and a little bit more. I would find myself laughing and crying at the same time because I was, you know, laughing at something hilarious and crying because there was hope that I could move forward. Another thing that can heal your heart is that sense of wonder. I don't know what fills you with wonder. For me, um, obviously my child makes me fill with wonder when I see the way that she is, the way that she was made, the things she can accomplish. But there's also a lot of wonder that I find in the external world. For me, I am intrigued and in awe of space. It just... It amazes me that the universe is so huge and while we may think that our world is all-encompassing it's just a speck in the grand scheme of the universe and we don't even know what's out there we just know a little bit so recently there's been some space travel um, there have been some new missions the United States has started again to do space travel and this fills my heart with wonder and it rejuvenates my soul because it is the thing that I love. It is the thing that makes me passionate. So what fills you with wonder? What is the thing that makes you say, this world is an amazing place and I'm so lucky to live in it? I hope you haven't forgotten, but everybody has something that sparks their sense of wonder. It's time to reconnect with yours. Another thing that is healing and strengthening to my heart is things that re-energize my soul. For me, I'm a creative person, so doing something creative, like sitting down at the computer and making a new graphic design, or maybe drawing a picture, or writing in my journal, or even cooking a meal that I concocted up in my head, all those things that are creative re-energize me. Taking a nap, sleeping in late, those are things that give me rest. But I find that they only take me so far. But when I engage in activities that I find re-energizing, like writing, I discover that I have a new source of strength that is different than the one that I find from sleeping or just sitting and watching TV. It's like a renewal. So what re-energizes you? Is it 
going for a walk and reconnecting with nature? Is it talking to friends? Is it creating something beautiful? Is it solving a problem? Is it inventing something? What re-energizes you? Stop, analyze, and think. And make time for those things because you need your strength, you need your energy, and you deserve it. Okay, so we discussed how you can decide to learn, how you can decide to connect, how you can decide to be resilient. Let's decide that we can change. If you haven't noticed yet, all the tips and strategies that I'm giving you start with the word decide. That's because the biggest hurdle is just making up your mind. Once your mind is made up, you are halfway there. You just make a choice, walk it out. Don't teeter-totter, wishy-washy, decide and move. Having a sense of identity drives our behavior. It's important that you understand how you identify yourself, that you can see yourself as someone who is strong, as someone who is smart, as someone who is able. Now, your idea of what strength, what intelligence, what ability is, does not mean that you are not that person. Perhaps you don't measure up to your own standards, but that doesn't mean that you should not start exercising to get there. Just tell yourself, yes, I am. And this is the stage where I find myself right now. Your sense of identity will drive your behavior and you can create behavior changes. Behaviors will manifest in your actions. Your actions will turn into habits and habits will form people and people change outcomes. See yourself as who you want to be, not who you think you are not. You can do hard things. You know, the ones who are crazy enough to believe they can change the world are the ones that actually do. Make sure, like Nelson Mandela said, that your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. Thanks for listening to The Journey. In this episode, we discussed how having an I can mentality can totally transform your child's outcome. We discussed how making up your mind can drive your behavior and how your behavior can drive your outcomes. Making up your mind to learn, to connect, to be resilient, and to make up your mind that you can change can transform the entire future of your child's life. Join me next time where we will discuss the many different ways that you can prepare yourself to be the best you can be through learning and growing. Until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for walking it out with me.